If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful air of Shabbos to all of you. As usual, great to be with you to share some ideas, talk about the Parsha, talk about the events that actually make for the real essence of what this week is all about and how we can live our lives a little bit better. After all, as I always say, the Torah is Torah Chaim, not only a book that talks about life, but in actual fact, it talks to us about life itself. It gives us life. And when we look at Torah, when we understand Torah, when we study Torah, when we apply Torah correctly to our lives, it gives us a higher, deeper, and greater dimension of life physically and spiritually and in every sense of the word. And what an Arab Shabbat this is. Well, after all, this Shabbos is going to be a triple Shabbos. It's Shabbos. It's also Rosh Chodesh. It's going to be the first day of Rosh Chodesh Tevet. And it's also Hanukkah. In fact, tomorrow in Shul, they're going to take out three Torah scrolls, three Sifrei Torah. In one, you're going to read the Parsha of the week, and the other, you're going to read the Porsche of Rosh Chodesh, and in the third, you're going to read the portion for Hanukkah. This is indeed a special Shabbos. It doesn't happen every year, but when it does, it's something which is extraordinary, something which is special, and something which not only is joyous, in an altogether different dimension, but in actual fact, when those three Torahs come out, when this triple dimension of holiness comes together in one Shabbos, obviously there is a powerful energy that takes place. It's our duty to understand that energy. It's our duty to receive that energy. But in order to receive that energy, we have to become vessels in order to take what is given to us. This is something which is very special. It's not only the Shabbos and the Parsha of the week. It's not only Rosh Chodesh. It's not only Hanukkah. It's all three. And it's not three different elements. They come together, each one energizing the other. It's not only three things. It's not only a triple dimension. It goes far beyond. It gives us an energy which is incredible. And we have to understand how these three things come together. The Parsha of the week, Rosh Chodesh and Hanukkah, how it all comes together in our lives, particularly at this time, what it means, what it tells us, what it teaches us, how we can receive it, how we ourselves can become Kalim vessels in order to take that triple, that divine triple dimension and make it our own. The Parsha, of course, is Miketz, which means the end. We'll talk about that in a short while. The new month, the new month is Tevet. And Tevet is a complicated month. Why is it a complicated month? Because on the one hand, all sorts of, well, not so happy events took place in the month of Tevet. After all, this is the beginning of the destruction of the temple. On the 10th of Tevet, this is when the enemy laid siege to Jerusalem. In actual fact, the 10th of Tevet is a fast day. And it's the only fast that if, in fact, it happens to come out on Shabbat, one would have to fast on Shabbat similar to Yom Kippur. The other fasts, we always push off. But this particular fast, if it comes out on Shabbat, 
we have to fast. According to the structure of the calendar, the way it has been structured, it doesn't come out on Shabbat. But if it did, we would have to fast. Because in many ways, this is the start of destruction of Jerusalem, of the temple, and ultimately the destruction of the entire Bet HaMikdash and the exile that followed. And it's also a time that during the month of Tevet, something terrible happened to the Jewish people. And that is that one of the Greek emperors, Ptolemy, called together 70 of the sages of Israel and instructed them to translate the Torah into the Greek language. Now one would think, what's wrong with that, translating the Torah into the Greek language? But our sages tell us that day is considered as sad as the day that the Jewish people tragically danced around the golden calf. Because although the Torah was translated before the time of Moshe, on the famous rocks at the river Jordan, the Torah was already translated, but he wanted to translate it for a different reason, to show the inconsistencies within Torah. And this is why, miraculously, in certain places, the sages made the exact same mistake, so to speak, so that Ptolemy couldn't in any way indicate inconsistencies with the Torah. But nonetheless, this too was a tragic moment. And at the same time, Tevet comes from the word Tov. They share the same root. So on the one hand, it's a time that speaks about great tragedy, but on the other hand, it speaks about good. And as we've often discussed, that often when we experience something which appears to be tragic, which appears to be negative, when we investigate it deeply, when we understand its inner dimension, we begin to see the goodness. There aren't two elements in this world. There aren't two forces in this world running parallel. There is only one force, one godly force. However, at times it might appear with a facade of negativity, with a facade that might appear to be that which is the opposite of good. However, when we delve into the inner dimensions of that object, of that situation, of that event, we begin to reveal a light that is hidden. And this is why, yes, even something like the destruction, even something like exile, when we begin to examine its hidden dimension, we release a light, an illumination, an energy which is far greater. And this is why even though Tevet is one of these complicated months where on the one hand negative things have happened, our job, our job is to remove the external facade, to reveal the inner dimension that is contained within that month. And this, as we've often discussed, is the general idea of Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh is the beginning of illumination after days of absolute darkness. Darkness. There is no moon. At night, it's dark. And then begins slowly but surely the progressive illumination of the moon. This is something we always have to remember. Things change. Things don't stay in a negative state permanently. Our job is not only to anticipate that which is good, not only to anticipate change which brings light, but we have to actively be involved in the process of bringing light. That's what Hanukkah is all about. What is Hanukkah? 
Every single night, we add another light to the menorah. The first night, one lamp. The second, two lamps, etc. Today, in fact, is the fifth light. What is the fifth light? The fifth light, the majority of lamps on the menorah are kindled. There are eight. Five is the majority. A very special day, a very special time. But Hanukkah speaks to us about this progressive illumination, the constant desire to bring more and more light into a situation doesn't have light. And this is why Hanukkah lights are kindled at night. And as we are told, when there are certain elements in the street that are negative elements, and our job is to ensure that those negative elements are overwhelmed by the illumination of that which the Hanukkah lamps represent, holiness, miracles, greatness, strength, fortitude. This is what we have to do in the month of Tevis. Now all these things come together. Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh Teves, Hanukkah. These things come together and we are obligated to bring about a situation of great change. The question is how. How can each and every one of us do something not only in terms of our personal lives, not only in terms of our own situations, but generally within our societies, communities, ultimately indeed the entire world. How can we do something extraordinary that brings about light, that removes the facade of negativity, that reveals the inner illumination? How can we do that? More of that soon. This is the Parsha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about how we can do something that exposes the inner light, the inner holiness of every single situation, to find the tov in Tevet and to transform whatever negativity that might appear during this month into something which is good and something which is powerful. You know that Elliot Wolf was a giant of a man who devoted his life to King David's schools and Jewish education. He left an indelible legacy behind and will be sorely missed by family, colleagues, students, and friends around the world. Join the King David Schools Foundation to honor his memory in a tribute webinar on Tuesday, the 7th of December. That's Tuesday, the 7th of December at 1900 at 7 p.m. South African time. To register, visit www.kdsf.org. That's www.kdsf.org. In order to understand how we can do something to bring about change, and as I said before, not only in terms of our own lives, but to bring about change in our communities, in our societies, and ultimately in the entire world, we have to take a look at the sources. And one of the important sources during the days of Hanukkah is the additional prayers that we say during this time. And one of the outstanding prayers that we say during Hanukkah is what we add during the Amidah, during the Katamazon, during the grace after meals, which is the prayer of Al-Hanisim. We thank God 
we show gratitude for the miracles, for the wonders, for the incredible mighty deeds that God gave us. And in a short paragraph, we recount what took place. It says, In the days of Matityahu, the son of Yochanan, the high priest, the Hasmonean and his sons, when the wicked Hellenic government rose up against your people, Israel, to make them forget your Torah and to violate the decrees of your will. What happened? The ruling party wanted the Jewish people to forget Torah comes from God and to violate the commandments that come from God. What did they want to do? And we spoke about this last week, but it needs continued definition. They wanted the Jewish people to forget that God is at the core of Jewish life. They wanted to take Yiddishkeit out of Jewish life. Yes, you can go through the motions, you can study a bit of Torah, you can go through certain cultural Jewish activities, but remove godliness, remove Yiddishkeit from Judaism. This was the great tragedy of the time. And what was the great tragedy of the time? There was a group of people in the Jewish community, and I dare say it was the vast majority of Jews at the time, they were called Yavnim. They became Hellenists as well. They didn't resist this influence. They bought into it. They became passionate about the Hellenic philosophy and way of life. Instead of seeing what was happening, that this so-called new idea was going to ultimately destroy Judaism, they bought into it and they saw this as a progressive mode of new Jewish life. Remove God from Torah. Remove God from the mitzvot that he gave us. Have this very shallow relationship with Yiddishkeit. This is the modern way. And tragically, the majority of Jews bought into that destructive way of life. What did Matityahu do? He stood up against the most powerful army. He and his five sons. What chance did they have of any type of victory? A handful of people against a powerful army. What chance did they have? But we know the story. They were victorious. They won the war. They were able to overwhelm the powerful army of the Yavanim. They were able to rescue the Holy Temple. They were able to cleanse it of the idols that the Hellenists had brought into the temple. They were able to find one cruise of oil that still had the seal of the high priest. They were able to return the temple to its glory. They were able to return God into Judaism. They were able to bring Judaism back alive. A handful of people. A handful of people 
against the most powerful army. Now this is something which is told to us, not because we're talking about a glorious moment in Jewish history, it's told to us as a practical lesson. When we see a situation that needs to be changed, don't be afraid of standing up and doing the right thing. You might think to yourself, what chance of success do I have? I'm a lone voice against many. I'm the only person in my family. I'm the only person in my society. All my friends think differently. Stand up, do and say the right thing, set an example. Yes, for a moment you might be shouted down, for a moment you might be laughed at. But I assure you in the long run you will make an impression. People will see what you do. It will bring about positive change. Because once you do something dramatic, the miracle of God kicks in in a powerful sort of way as well. This is something that you have to understand. You're not on your own. It's not one against many. It's an act of self-sacrifice. It's an act of Mesidus Nefesh that triggers the miraculous presence of godliness into that situation. God is with us at all times. There is the presence of the miracle that takes place at all times. And this is what we can do. This is what we are compelled to do. This is our duty. Our duty is to funnel that incredible divine energy into every single situation and bring about great change. Our duty is not to sit by with indifference and allow, allow the erosion of Yiddishkeit to take place. Ours is a duty to stand up and bring about change. Difficult, perhaps. Will you be popular at the initial stage? Probably not. But at the same time, you can and will do it. And I've seen this as you've seen this again and again and again. When you do something, you see great success. Not because, not because you're so clever and strong necessarily, because you're doing the right thing. And when you do the right thing, that becomes a vessel for miraculous divine energy. It brings about change, which is extraordinary. The few against the many, the holy against the profane. This is what happens. How do you bring about the good within the month of Tevet? How do you bring about the light within the darkness? How do you stop the erosion that tries to rip out the Yiddishkeit within Judaism? By doing the right thing. By setting the example. By not being frightened. By not being ashamed. But by standing up and saying, this is what I believe in. This is what I stand for. This is who I am and I will do the right thing. I may not be popular initially. I may not be liked by everybody initially. But I will do the right thing. I'll do it in a gentle way. I'll do it in a kind way. I won't do it in a harsh way, but I will do the right thing. This is the message of Hanukkah. I will add light to the world. Every night I will add another lamp. Every night I will bring 
more and more and more light into the world. And I will bring about change. Yes, I might be an individual, but I have the power of the miracle that flows through me as a result of the fact that I do the right thing. And this is something that we have to remember at all times. We have extraordinary power. And you know what happens? One brings another, brings another, and brings another. And suddenly, the flame grows higher and higher. And the light becomes brighter and brighter. And everybody looks and everybody stands and wonder and Everybody begins to join in. I don't know if you've been following, but around the world, thousands, tens of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people have joined, participate in public menorah lightings in every single corner of the world. And people do so with such tremendous pride. They want to participate because they know, they feel, this is where I belong. This is who I am. They want to participate because it makes them feel Jewish again. And this is something which is important. And each and every one of us, in a lesser or greater way, is able to create that environment. We can do it in our own homes. We can do it in our own communities. We can do it wherever we are. We can do it. And this is what the Al-Hanisim prayer is all about. It reminds us. It reminds us that even though there might be huge, huge enemies who try to destroy our faith, who try to diminish the godliness of Torah, who try to violate the commandments of God, one family, the father and his sons, stands up and says, enough is enough. We will take on the world. And the miracle of Hashem, the presence of Hashem, God says, yes, I will help you and you will succeed and you will see incredible victory. And this is the miracle of what Hanukkah is all about. The power of light. And this is something that each and every one of us can and must do. We live in exile. Exile is dark. But as I said before, darkness is a facade. And while, of course, we live with that facade, and sometimes it's difficult, and sometimes it's overwhelming, and sometimes it feels as if it is so challenging that we, we simply feel restricted. But we have to take a deep breath and learn from the past and recognize that it's not what happened once upon a time, as we say in the blessing that happens then and that happens now. The presence of God is infinite. The miracles reoccur. The light of Hanukkah shines bright throughout the ages and into this present day and into the future. This is something that we learn, and we learn in this week's Parsha as well, with the glorious story of Joseph, of Yosef. What happens with Yosef? Yosef is summoned by none other than Pharaoh and says, interpret my dream. I hear that you are a wise person and you can interpret dreams. And what does Yosef say? Everything is interpreted not by me. I merely repeat that which God tells me. 
This is the ability of Joseph, the ability to communicate to the most powerful man in the world at the time was Pharaoh. You have to understand it's not my wisdom. It's not my brilliance. It's that I am a humble Jew and I am communicating the word of God. And this is what impresses Pharaoh ultimately. And this is why he makes him the second of command. But more of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about how in the Parsha we learn from Yosef, Yosef Atzadik, in the Parsha of Miketz, this idea of how an individual could not only change his own circumstances, but change the world. The Parsha is called Miketz, the end, the end of two years, the end of all sorts of complications in the life of Joseph. In fact, the Parsha speaks about how the brothers have to come down to barter for food in Egypt because the whole world is going through a tremendous hunger. Only Egypt has food and only Joseph has the authority to give out that food. But it begins with Joseph coming out of prison and he's called to interpret the dreams of Pharaoh. And what does he do? He instructs Pharaoh about, number one, what the dreams mean and what to do about it. And he says, this is what God says should be done. And it makes a deep impression upon Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, you know what? You are going to become the viceroy, the second in command in all of Egypt. Everything will be according to your instructions. One man makes a statement, a statement that changes not only his life, but changes the entire political, economic reality of Egypt, which is the most powerful country in the world at the time, it changes, in fact, the entire world. The entire world is going to have a famine and Joseph plans in order to ensure that the world will have what to eat for seven years of hunger. What does that tell you? It tells us that when a Jew behaves correctly and is proud of the fact to declare that he is a God-fearing person, the effect that he can have is incredible, not only for himself, but for the entire world. As I said last week, Joseph, Matisyahu and his sons, this is what the month of Tabus is all about, to reveal the good that is within the darkness. This is what Rosh Chodesh is all about. And this is what this Shabbos is all about. As I began, the triple effect of the Parsha of Miketz, it comes to an end. It's a dramatic moment. By he Miketz, it's the end. The end indicates that all that is negative, all that was wrong, all that was terrible, the pain that was felt by Jacob having lost his son, the incredibly painful conflict between Joseph and his brothers, all of that is going to come to an end. It changes for the better Miketz. We sense it. We feel it. The very word Miketz tells us that that which is negative is coming to an end. As I said before, it's Rosh Chodesh. The beginning of illumination, the moon begins to appear. And even though Tavis is a month which has elements of darkness to it, the word Tavis comes from the same root as the word Tov, which means good. And our job is to expose the hidden good within it. 
and we can do it because like the story of Hanukkah, the story of Hanukkah is to have that determination, that incredible desire to stand up and say, I will do that, what's right? I don't care how powerful the enemy is. I don't care how strong those dimensions, those forces that try to drive against me are. I will do that which is right. Whether it's political forces or psychological forces, I won't be tempted to give up or to give in. I believe in that which is true. I believe in that which is right. I believe that I will become a vessel through which the miracle of God will take place. We see it in Hanukkah. We see it in Rosh Chodesh. We see it in the story of Joseph. We become vehicles and vessels for the miracle of God. This is the story of the Jewish people again and again and again. And this is something that we have to live with and live by. It all comes together this Shabbos. This triple injection of divine energy, the Parsha, Rosh Chodesh, and Hanukkah. Three Torahs are taken out. Each one brings its own powerful energy. It comes together in the three-pronged holiness of the Shabbos. And tonight, well, before we light Shabbos candles, we light the Hanukkah menorah. Tonight it's six lamps, six candles. And we have to think about it. We have to think about what Hanukkah really means in our lives before we light the Shabbos candles. And then Shabbos comes in and we think to ourselves, it was Chodesh and Shabbos and Hanukkah. What does it mean in our lives? And when we sit in shul tomorrow, we have to think to ourselves, what's the story of Yosef really all about? Is it something which happened in the past? A young man who goes through all these challenges being thrown into jail on trumped up charges and finally he makes... Makes it. No, these are stories that are relevant to our own situations here and now. This is talking to us, to our hearts. So listen to the story. Listen carefully to the story. When you say hello tomorrow, you have the special Musaf for Rosh Chodesh. Feel, feel the Rosh Chodesh dimension. Hanukkah, when you say Al-Hadnisim. Feel what's said when you say, What happened to Matityahu and his sons? Feel that that story is something which is repeated every single year. It's being repeated right now. It's a lesson for us. It's an amazing time. An amazing Shabbos. Let's use it well. So to each and every one of you, Chag Sameach, have a beautiful Hanukkah. Rishchodesh Tov. May the joy of Rosh Chodesh bring incredible light into your lives and have a good Shabbos it's a Shabbos that we celebrate with Joseph a special person an Ish Matzliach a man of extraordinary divine success a miraculous individual good Shabbos